in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. That's right. You are back with the 30-something movie podcast once again. Uh, this is episode number 83. Uh, episode number 83 for August 10th, 2016. Um, it is almost back to school time. And oddly enough, what is our episode tonight? Back to school. Thank you. for. I, I paused. What teachers do is they pause until it's just uncomfortable enough, and then they wait until the student says something, and then, um, and, and then they, they force them to talk. Um, so that's, that's just what teachers do. So, um, and as any of you who have been listening to the show know, we are a bunch of teachers that do this podcast. So that's, that's just one of our things. We make it awkward until we force you to talk and and then you answer and then we keep going. All right. So this time around, like I said, it's episode number 83. We're talking back to school, the Rodney Dangerfield campus classic. Uh, really quickly, before we get going, we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about, and we may mention some of Rodney's other movies as well, or we may talk about other movies that we've seen that we relate to this one. So if you have not seen movies before, um, step out of the cave from whence you came, go find a television, go find Netflix, go find a movie theater. Um, they have movies, they're wonderful. A lot of them are really expensive to go to nowadays, but if you can find some that are on Netflix or DVD or Blu-ray, go find those, because a lot of the older movies are a lot more fun than some of the newer movies today anyway. Have not seen Suicide Squad yet, so that's not even a, a dig on Suicide Squad. I'm interested to go see it. Um, probably will go see it sometime in the next week, but have not seen it just yet. Uh, would also like to go see the new Ghostbusters. Still have not seen that one yet, and I know that there's been a lot of crazy reviews back and forth. Some people saying it's really fun, uh, other people saying it's really bad. So haven't uh, haven't gone to see that yet, but... Uh, We'll probably get a chance to. Um, so before we jump in real quick, let me, uh, let me just remind you as well. Let me, let me invite you. Let me, let me bring you in here and invite you to give us a review on iTunes. Um, let me, in fact, I, I would be glad to hold your hand while you write up a review for us on iTunes because um, that, that won't get creepy at all. Uh, right, Pat? That would not get creepy. No. We hold hands all the time. Yeah, all the time. It only makes some of the some of the kids at school feel awkward. We we are virtually holding hands at this moment. Right, right. I mean, I'm I'm leaving one free for you right now. Uh, do you, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we go from there? I don't know. Do we start I, over? I, I I think maybe. You know. You okay, we start over. Hands. In a world where the. You know what I think is funny about the holding hands thing. Yeah. And I'm going to leave a pause in case we need to edit this out and it doesn't fit in. Go for it. I won't edit it, but go ahead. But, you know, okay, <clears throat> people sometimes say grace before eating, mm-hmm. okay? And there, it seems that there's two kinds of people that say grace, right? There's, there's people that say grace and everyone holds hands. And then there's people that say grace 
and they don't hold hands. And, that, and that's sort of like, you know, the first time you're, you're in, like, possibly lost or passively, you know, you go visit those cousins that you don't visit. And it's like, can we all hold hands? And it's just like, if you're not a hand holder person, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, really? It's just, it's just so awkward. And I don't know what made me think of that because I, I haven't had a recent experience with it. But yeah. The holding of the hands. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we were, the one thing that was always a little awkward for me was when we were, and I I totally get it, and Mm -hmm. and I thought that it was a great thing, and it was something that I remember to this day, and I remember as being something that I I thought was a a nice way of of ending things. When we would go to church when I was in high school, the church that we went to, at the end of the service, they would Mm -hmm. ask everybody to stand up and hold hands as the preacher gave kind of the final benediction to everybody. Yeah. And I was fine with that. And even as even as a high school kid, I didn't I didn't feel like it was too awkward. It it wasn't weird. Um, but when I thought about a few times as I got a little bit older, and and when I think about it now, I remember times where I would like look across the aisle. If I was sitting at the end of one aisle, and I'd like glance yeah. across to the other side of the aisle, and I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna have to hold hands with that person at the end of this whole thing. And if that person is like sneezing into their hands, yeah, I know. Mm, this was back before people learned the sneeze into your elbow trick. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, th- that then, no. Then then it was more of a, I'm going to do this, but as soon as this is over, I'm running to the bathroom and washing my hands. Yeah, yeah. That's I get what you're saying, man. I get what you're saying. So I, I'm not quite sure how we got on the whole hand-holding tangent, but um, I, I, well, when I'm, we I'm cool with that. Holding hands, I just got, I brought up the, the times that, you know, there's people that like to pray and hold hands, and then there's people that like to pray and not hold hands. Right. And that's as they say is that. Or, or hold hands and pray that it's over soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man. So how are you doing? Dude, I'm great. And I just, uh, uh, I got to say, um, sorry, I'm just jumping in a little bit late. Nah, so no if for- you need to finish the intro, love the podcast on um, uh, Man of Steel. Oh, as, is a comic book? Yeah, as someone that, like, casually read comics but never really collected them um i i find it highly informative i thought i really enjoyed it i just finished it up this morning okay if you ever want to borrow those sometime i've, I've got them actually i have them sitting right here for anybody watching on the the video audience mm-hmm. I, I have them all right here um, awesome. so i can let you borrow those sometime if you want but yeah i i even reading those as a kid um the art the art's just great uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a really classic take on superman there's some artists that get a little weird with Superman, or nowadays they try to make him look, mm-hmm. I think, a lot younger than he probably should look, and and they're they're pushing to try to make him younger in the comic books, and now not so much. Now he's he's back to being a little bit older, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just really like that Superman. That was kind of the beginning of of my Superman. Um, right. The Superman lately has been much more. What are the words? Aggressive, um, anti-authority. Yeah. Um, you know he he tries to be he he tries to be he tries to act a lot tougher and a lot more um, I don't know just aggressive I guess I mean there was a there was a whole stretch of time where he had kind of abandoned he he had lost most of his powers and he abandoned Metropolis and he became part of an underground boxing club like a fight club mm-hmm. and I was like you know what I, mm, fine. If people want to read that, that's great. I'm not going to buy them because that's not the type of Superman I want to read. Yeah. The type of Superman I want to read started in 1986 with this Superman where they kind of 
rebooted everything back. They only had one kind of kryptonite. They kind of scaled his powers back a little bit, so he was a little more relatable and less godlike. And he didn't he couldn't just develop weird mind powers just because that week they felt like he needed weird mind powers for the story to work. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, that's I mean I started collecting comics in earnest probably in ninety two, ninety two, ninety three, whenever they were doing the death of Superman story. So I kind of came in, my dad, we were living in England. My dad went over to the States for a a business trip. And when he came back, he had brought me the, one of the first issues where Superman had come back to life after being killed. And then the other issue that he brought me was Batman number 499. And there was this new Batman who was a lot like crazier and unstable and had these razor sharp gloves and, and old Batman, Bruce Wayne had his back broken. And I was like, what? Yeah, I, I heard they that when you told that story. It's like, dude, I leave the country and what? <laughs> right. Damn. Like, yeah. th- they didn't do this in Super Friends. Yeah. Like, that yeah. wasn't in, no, that that wasn't in the movie. So yeah. that's kind of what got me started. And so that, to me, that that's the era that I started in. So that's my Superman. I, I kind of I kind of take it back to when we were talking about James Bond stuff. And, and my mother-in-law is a Sean Connery fan. Yeah. And warts and all, I'm a Roger Moore fan. Just yeah. because that's the one... I started with so to me that's that's my first exposure to bond so to me that's always my classic james bond yeah and so and, and it's funny because i really don't i mean i i know a lot of the comic book characters kind of like from the movies yeah or from uh from the cartoons and i always feel like in these conversations i'm a little out of my depth because it's like guys all i really know is the, so i'm actually really excited about the harley quinn character because mm-hmm. she was born in the cartoon so i'm right. like all right i remember when that came out I, I can get into this but it's i don't know all the different like the the different versions of superman mm-hmm. um but just hearing you kind of describe and, and hearing you say that you know that it seems like the rudder no rudder on the ship you know we're not sure what are you doing with superman and right oh and and does he relate and it's funny because i was thinking and, and i might just i might be way off base here but i wonder it's just like you know what Maybe they should just make Superman for what Superman is. Superman right. is the Boy Scout. Superman, and you know what? If one person buys the comic, cool. If one a million people buy the comics, cool. But maybe that's the statement: is does does that kind of do-gooder thing apply in the world anymore? Hey, it doesn't matter. This is who I am. If you don't like it, tough. But this is the way I handle things. Right. You know, I mean, which is why I think what your point was, and, mm-hmm. and that. You know. Well, that and 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 I think I brought this up when we were talking about Civil War too. That I think they've already done. I mean, people say, "Oh, it's so hard to write Superman because he's not relatable." To no, you you had Captain America, like Steve Rogers, the Steve Rogers character that Marvel has developed and and come up with, and that's who he is in the movies. And even the way he talks and the way he acts and and the way he's yeah. kind of, you know, he's he's innocent because he's from an earlier, more innocent time, but at the same time, he's not because he's really starting to learn you know, right. what the modern world is like, and, and he can, you know, he'll still throw in little comments like language and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. To me, there's your Superman character. Like, Superman should be that. Superman should be the guy that is a little more innocent than everybody else and is a little bit more of, like you said, a little bit more of the do-gooder than everybody else because that's where I think they're trying to make him, in, especially the last few years, they tried to make him too much like Batman because people looked at Batman and said, hey, look, everybody's going to see Batman movies. Well, there are a group of people out there who would like to see a Superman movie in which Superman is a bright, hopeful, yeah. you know, optimistic character. I, I don't need my Superman to be dark and brooding and and depressed. And and, and I got to be honest with you, 
the original Superman, well, not the original Superman, but the, the one I grew up with, the the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah. That was I, I that was an awesome Superman. Oh yeah. I mean and, and holds up was, even to this day. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like so man, everyone's going on to see Batman. I'm gonna say something and I and, and I don't want you to like throw very heavy objects at my head. Yeah, I go. I think those those Batman movies were just really awesome. And oh, yeah. I think that the problem with the Superman movies is maybe they didn't quite fire on all cylinders or maybe they were too much of something. Maybe the problem isn't with the way they're writing Superman. Maybe it's just that the movies need to be better. Right. I'm saying with a question cause I don't want you to like throw pins at no, my head, no, no. but I, I, I mean, maybe they're overthinking the wrong thing, you know? Right. Cause I mean, there's great, I, I think back to the, I think back to the Superman movies that we've had recently and they keep going back to Lex Luthor, and they keep going back to Zod, and like they can only do the same two villains over and over and over again, or they have to make up some weird one like Nuclear Man or Richard Pryor or whatever. Yeah. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, there are a ton of awesome Superman villains. You know, you've got Brainiac. I'd love to see a movie with Brainiac or Metallo, or you had uh, Doomsday in this last one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's just, he has a lot of really good villains that he could use that I mean just I mean Batman I know Batman is kind of known for his villains because his villains are the more psychologically scarred ones and they're they're more interesting in that way and um I get that but at the same time Superman's got some pretty powerful villains you can put him up against and it sounds like they're they're leaning towards that with the new Justice League movies if if Darkseid the character is is supposed to come in and um you know, be the antagonist for that. But I, I just kind of wish, I mean, even when they did the, uh, was it Superman Returns in 2006? That was Kevin, Kevin Spacey, right? That was when Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor. And I thought, oh, great. I would love to see, I wanted to see a creepy Kevin Spacey, kind of like, kind of like from Seven. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's do a, a businessman Lex Luthor who's kind of creepy like he's a businessman but when the doors are closed and he's not in the in the boardroom he's this creepy psychopath yeah and they had him and I like that movie I like Superman Returns but when they had him lifting like line for line exactly what Gene Hackman had said in the earlier Superman movies I'm sitting there going really you had the opportunity I, I know you're paying tribute to these old great movies but at the same time you're taking some of it word for word. Like some of his one-liners, word for word, are from the, the 70s Superman movie. And like, you, you had Kevin Spacey. Yeah. There was so much more you could have done with that and, and made him a different Lex Luthor. I, to me, that's almost like if you, you know, you had Heath Ledger come in to play Joker and you said, okay, Jack Nicholson did a great Joker. We'd like you to do your best Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah. Then you wouldn't have the Joker you got. Right. So let Kevin Spacey be Kevin Spacey. Let him bring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. You know, high hopes that the next movies are, are, are good. The wonder woman thing. I am so excited for that movie. And I think what makes that preview look really cool is that it's almost like they're not overthinking it. They're just saying, Mm. you know what? We're making a movie about comic books. It's got to have action. It's got to have cool locales. It's got to have a motorcycle for Pat Canigallo. That's right. It's got to have, you know, a really cool bad guy. It's got to, you know, blah, 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 blah. It, 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 it doesn't have to be. Now, let's rethink this. Let's, let's, you know, unpack 
Wonder Woman and like figure out like how we can reinvent it and change it and switch it. And and, and according to this movie, it's got what every man wants. Yes. Every yes. man, according to this, according to Back to School, when she makes the comment, oh, what did, or something like, well, what does he want? What does every man want? For you to Wonder dress up Woman. like Wonder Woman? Yeah. I know when he said that. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, all right. Yeah, man. Cool. So he's not cool. just a stuffy British guy. That's right. He knows what's up. Yeah. He knows what's up. All right. So, well, this is not a Superman podcast, so we'll do. We'll, we'll, I know. I'm sorry. We'll, no, no, no. That's fine. I'm the one that started it, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if, if you didn't, if you're listening to this and you didn't get a chance, um, we're going to try to do a few of these because 86 was such a big year for comic books. Um, we're going to try to sprinkle some of these in towards the end of the year. I intended to do them over the summer, but, eh, life. Um, so uh, I think that one came out a couple of days ago on the, the Man of Steel miniseries that kind of set the stage for the modern take on Superman that would go from 86 until about probably like 2009 uh, when, they, when they restarted it. Um, so if you want to go take a, take a, I was going to say, take a look, take a listen to that one. And, uh, I think pretty soon, I don't know if I've for myself picked a date here or yet. Um, I may try to do one over the next few months until we get to the end of the year. I think what I'm going to try to do is for September, uh, do an episode on Alan Moore's Watchmen, uh, comic. Cool. So uh, if you, you've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. I, I had to be honest when I heard that this morning. I'm like, all right, I can't wait to hear it. I get yeah. educated, you know, because. So I'll maybe try to do that one in September. And then um, in October, so here's something, and I, you're probably, Pat, you're going to hear this for the first time too. In, uh, in October, I'm going to try to do the Dark Knight Returns comic, um, awesome. the one that I think Batman Superman had, you know, was, was based off of a little bit. Um, but also, and, and we'll see, you know, if you guys are interested in doing this or I, I can just do it on my own if you don't have time. Um, was thinking of doing an episode of the worst movies of 1986. Um, okay. They get the, you know, they get those, the Razzie Awards. Right. And so I found the list of the Razzies for 1986, and I've already started to try and watch one of them, and it's bad. <laughs> Man, I, I want to take a look at those that list. Oh, it's, mm, it's something special. Um, the one I started to try to watch, I, I picked up one from the library um, today. I had to interlibrary loan it from another place, and it was a Haunted Honeymoon. And I'm looking at this, and it's a, it's a comedy about Dom. It's with Dom DeLuise, Gilda Radner, and Gene Wilder. Which yeah. should oh be a recipe for awesome. Done, 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 and done. Okay, those are all three very funny people. From what I've heard, it's horrible. Um, the one I tried to start watching, I, I think I actually found the whole movie on YouTube. It's called Under the Cherry Moon. And it was directed by and starring Prince. Mm. And I'm, I, I, well, I'm 10 minutes into it. And it's not awful. It's maybe not even God awful. It's. How bad is it, man? I, I don't even know. Oh. I, I, I lack the words to describe how bad this movie is so far. It, it doesn't even have, like, enough to, like. Well, let's put it, it this way. I think, uh, if I remember right, Under the Cherry Moon won the Golden Razzie Award for the year, one worst movie of 86. Keep in mind, Howard the Duck came out in 86. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough, So man. if you won this award over Howard the Duck, <sighs> you're looking at a bad movie. That's rough. So, that's... so since these are kind of scary movies in terms of trying to watch them, uh, we may try to do that sometime towards the beginning of October. So I'll, I'll get those movies for you guys and... If you want to watch them, you can, or if, if other people out there want to try to track these down and watch them before we get to them in October, God bless you. One for every, like, two months or something like that. You know, like, okay, mm. you guys got eight weeks to watch this movie. You right. Know? 
you know, five minutes a day for, you know, I, I recommend holding hands if, if you're going to try to watch this movie. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know, All right. Find your favorite adult beverage, hold hands and do your yeah. best. Mm. Right on. That's it. It, it. it was a little rough, but uh, we'll make it through it. And, and I'll offer my full biased commentary when when I get through the whole thing. Sounds good, man. That sounds good. All right. So before we jump into talking about back to school, um, we had a, a in terms of comparing it to other polls that we've put out on Twitter, a massive response to a poll right. that I put out on Twitter asking what people's favorite Rodney Dangerfield movie was. Okay. Um, we had 21 people vote. Oh, wow. So in the past, I've gotten polls where like three or four people vote. So you know, to have 21, 21 people respond was pretty good. Yeah, man. So the questions I asked, I asked, what's your favorite Rodney Dangerfield movie? And the options I gave people were Caddyshack, Back to School, Easy Money, and Other. And uh, other, we got 5%. Um, somebody had mentioned the movie Ladybugs, where um, Rodney Dangerfield is a coach of a girl's soccer team. Okay. Uh, Easy Money got 0% of the vote. Okay. And I will admit, I have not seen, I've seen bits and pieces. I've not seen the whole thing. Yeah, I've only seen the, the Caddyshack and this one. Mm-hmm. Of the, yes. Usually when they list, like if I've seen places where they list the movies that he's most well-known for, because I think he's more prominently featured in those movies, it's mm. always Caddyshack, Back to School, Easy Money. Okay. But I, I also don't think that Easy Money, I, some people might argue it, but I don't know that Easy Money was his best movie of those three. I Definitely. Okay. We, we seem to like the other two better anyway. Right. Uh, Back to School got 38% of the vote, and Caddyshack got 57% of the vote. Okay. And uh, we had, so let's see, it was uh, Ladybugs. The vote for Ladybugs was from at Movie Geek Cast another podcast, and then um, there's another movie podcast called Pat and Jason Binge Movies. Uh, I don't think that's you and Jason Ko, but... I don't think so, man, but hey, maybe... If, I you, if you're cheating on me with another podcast, then... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, maybe... maybe here's like here's pictures of you, and here's another picture of you, and I don't know who the midget is, but... <laughs> it's, it's the goth girls with motorcycles. There you go. Uh, they've taken little bits of what I've said through all the podcasts, oh, okay, all or whatever we, and they like have streamed them together. They just know? edit it together, and it's, so it's it's kind of like a Max Headroom version of you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. 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 All right. So that one's from at Pat and Jason on Twitter, wow. which sounds like you and Jason have put together a Twitter account. But here's here's the truth. Would I be? Would that's why? Would I have a Twitter account? No, you would not have a Twitter account. That's how I knew it wasn't you. Unless you had like 16 emails saying, John, I'm trying to do this Twitter account. Tammy won't talk to me because she's right. so frustrated. Can you help me out? Can you help me set it up? Yeah. And I knew I didn't set it up for you, so I knew it wasn't you. <laughs> That's right. So, oh, man. Um, their comment was, the, the Pat and Jason binge movies show said, uh, quote, Meet Wally Sparks or Rover Dangerfield said no one ever. And I have oh. not. I, I know I've seen a little bit of Rover Dangerfield. Not okay. a great movie. It was the animated one where he's the cartoon dog. Yeah, I remember it. I never saw it, but I mean, I remember when it came out. And Meet Wally Sparks. I remember when that came out. I've never watched it. I heard it was bad. So, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. I will take their. I will take your and Jason's uh, word for it, and believe that those are really horrible movies. All right. So, so that was a pretty good response. So, thanks for everybody on Twitter who voted for that one. Um, we have also gotten a whole bunch of now compared with other podcasts. We don't have a huge amount of followers on on uh, Twitter, but we have gone up and we're up to, we're actually up to 86 followers right now on Twitter. Cool. So that's pretty nice. I thought it was ironic that we're at eight, we're 1986 this year and we've got 86 followers. 
man, that's why it's happening. So I, I'm just looking. Check- I'm looking forward to like 1980 hundred. <laughs> now, do those people uh, do those people also check out the podcast, or are they just like checking things out on Twitter? Like, how does that work? Some of them may. Um, you know, and they, but if they follow us on Twitter, then they're getting updates that we put out or pictures that I post up or, um, you know, they may listen to, they may not subscribe to the podcast. They may just go click on it and listen to it, um, from the website or stuff like that. So some of them may be, and some of them are, uh, probably subscribers, but some of them are maybe just following us because we also, you know, a lot of them are other movie podcasts. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of them follow, there's a, not that you, do you know what hashtags are? That's the number sign. That's a good job. There it is. Good job. Excellent. You, if Tammy has gold stars, to go tell her you need one. That's that's right, man. Okay. Um, so there's a hashtag that there's this Twitter account called Potter and Family. So it kind of sounds like family. Modern Family, but it's Potter and Family for podcasts. And right. if you use this hashtag, it's a whole bunch of at the end of your tweets. It's a whole bunch of other podcasts that are tweeting about their shows, and they will retweet your tweets out to other people and. So it's kind of a nice way to find other podcasts and, and, you know, get your message out from your podcast. So I tend to use that every time we put up a new episode. I'll, I'll use the hashtag Potter and Family. So anybody who's a cool. podcast listener, obviously you're listening to this one, um, or if you are a podcaster yourself, make sure you're using that because that's a, a really nice way. We've gotten, I think, quite a few people following our show uh, just from using that. So cool. if, if you're a listener or if you are a podcast creator or you want to be a podcast creator, then I would highly recommend um, if you're on Twitter using the hashtag Pottern Family, P-O-D-E-R-N uh, Family hashtag, and then that'll kind of get your message out to other people. Cool. Pat, do you want to go back to school? I want to go back to school, John. Okay, let's go back to school. Do you want to go like back to real school? <laughs> uh, man, I want to go back to college. Okay, all right. Well, that's one of my questions later is if you could go back to college now, yeah. Having the knowledge and, and maybe a little bit more money, would you do it? And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get there. All right. So this time around, we're talking Back to School. Back to School came out June 13th, 1986, rated PG-13, directed by Alan Metter, uh, who also directed Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Cold Dog Soup, Police Academy, Mission to Moscow. Producer on this one was Chuck Russell. He also produced The Mask, Eraser, and Collateral. He was also the director for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, The Mask, Eraser, and The Scorpion King. Writers on this one, there were, I almost think there were more writers on this movie than there were actors. Uh, Writers on this one, Rodney Dangerfield, who died in 2004, uh, also did Easy Money, some stand-up shows and TV movies, Meet Wally Sparks, My Five Wives, and Rover Dangerfield. Greg Fields, who died in 2002, uh, also wrote for The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson and In Living Color. Dennis Snee wrote for The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson and In Living Color. Uh, Stephen Campman wrote The Couch Trip and some episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati. That was a great show. Uh, He was also an actor on New Heart. Uh, Will Porter also wrote for the movie The Couch Trip and Stealing Home. And P.J. Torokve, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, P.J. Torokve, um, who died in 2013, wrote for SCTV, um, did some stuff with Second City, the movie Real Genius with Val Kilmer, Caddyshack 2, and Guarding Tess. And the final writer on this one was Harold Ramis, uh, who died in 2014. He wrote for Animal House, SCTV, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, and a bunch, bunch of other things. Um, the music on this one was Danny Elfman, 
who also did the music for Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, The Night Before, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Mission Impossible. The budget on this one was $11 million. The box office was $91.3 million. So yeah. that would, is probably about what he spent on the dorm room in this movie. Yeah, that's probably it. All right, so this one was starring Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, no, no respect, no respect at all. Uh, as Thornton Mellon. He was in Caddyshack, Easy Money, Rover Dangerfield, Ladybugs, Meet Wally Sparks, and played Lucifer in Little Nicky. Uh, Sally Kellerman was Dr. Diane Turner. She was in MASH, Brewster McCloud, and A Little Romance. Burt Young played Lou. Uh, he was in the Rocky movies as Pauly. Um, he was also in Chinatown and a recent movie called Win Win. Keith Gordon played uh, Thornton Mellon's son, Jason Mellon. He was in Jaws 2, Christine, and I Love Trouble. Uh, since then, he's kind of become, uh, I think he's gone behind the camera, and he's directed a few more things uh, rather than act. Um, a very, very little-known actor, didn't really do a whole lot with his career, Robert Downey Jr., um, yeah. played Derek Lutz. I, never heard of the guy. I would, yeah. Robert Bob, he may go by Bob. I don't know, maybe yeah. that's why we haven't heard of him. Uh, played Derek Lutz. He was in Weird Science, Saturday Night Live, Less Than Zero, Chaplin, Ally McBeal, Iron Man, Avengers, and Tropic Thunder. Oh, he was in Ally McBeal. That's why I don't know him. Okay. Because I never watched Ally McBeal. Right. That's, that's what you need to check out. Okay. You know, i got to take a look at it. I, I don't know what this Iron Man is. Maybe it's a, a golfing movie. Um, I'll check it out sometime. Uh, Paxton Whitehead. That, there's a name. I, that's, a, that's a good name. There we go. Right Paxton, there. Paxton Whitehead. Um, it goes along with Rodney Dangerfield one time. He was being interviewed or he was at one of his stand-up things, and it kind of turned into a Q&A afterwards, and somebody asked him what his real name was, yeah. and, and he just made something up. He's like, my real name's Percival Sweet- Sweetwater. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I, well, I'm going to talk about this here in a little bit, but I think Rodney Dangerfield is one of those guys who never turned anything off. Like, he was, yeah. there's not a difference between his on-camera persona and when he's in other other places i think he was just somebody that like if you were talking to him in casual conversation he would just do these one-liner zingers all the time it's just so natural and he's so good at it i mean yeah all right so back to bed we don't we don't want to we don't give no respect to paxton whitehead here uh paxton whitehead played philip barbet the uh econ professor he was in jumping jack flash baby boom uh he was the next door neighbor uh, to the buckmans in mad about you and he was in the movie Kate and Leopold. Uh, Terry Farrell, who was Valerie Desmond, she was in Hellraiser 3, Star Trek DS9, and Becker. She was in DS9. Wait, that was... Dax. I knew I knew her from somewhere. There you go. And... Okay, sorry, I'm back now. And the irony, I was going to bring this up later, the irony is, in this movie, she talks about how she's not very good at astronomy. Right, and, and then she's then in space show. She's yeah. Dax, and she has degrees in astrophysics, and... Right. Uh, M. Emmett Walsh played Coach Turnbull, the coach of the diving team. He was in Fletch, Wildcats, Raising Arizona, and Romeo and Juliet, the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Adrienne Varbo played Vanessa, um, Thornton Mellon's second wife, soon-to-be ex-wife. Uh, she was in Escape from New York, The Cannonball Run, Swamp Thing, and I-, I put this one in here just because I thought it would be really fun to say, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Wow. There we go. She was also the voice of Catwoman and a couple of other characters on Batman the Animated Series back in the day. Okay. Uh, William Zabka played Chaz, which is like a great name for an 80s uh, college or high school type movie for a, for a villain. 
uh, right. the villainous Chaz. He was in The Karate Kid, uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation, and Just One of the Guys. Ned Beatty played uh, Dean David Martin, Dean Martin. Uh, he was in Deliverance, Superman, and Toy Story 3. Severn Darden died in 1995. He was Dr. Barazzini, the one that was doing the uh, experiment with the chimpanzees. Okay. And oddly enough, he was doing the experiment with chimpanzees. The movies he's most well known for are Battle for the Planet of the Apes and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. All right. The irony. Uh, Sam Kinison, who died in 1992, played Professor Turgeson, the uh, Vietnam vet who was very passionate about American history, uh, <laughs> was in a movie called Savage Dawn and a TV show called Charlie Hoover. Uh, Robert Picardo, another uh, Star Trek alum, played Giorgio. Um, that was the secret love interest of Vanessa, the one that uh, uh, Thornton Mellon found him and Vanessa making out in the kitchen right, at the okay. beginning of the movie. Um, he was in Legend, a movie we just watched not that long ago. Gremlins 2, Total Recall, Star Trek First Contact. Let's try saying that again. Star Trek, First Contact, and The Doctor on Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Uh, Edie McClurg, who we just saw in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, played Marge Sweetwater. So there's the name Sweetwater again. Mm -hmm. uh, she was the personal assistant who was taking notes for him during the lecture. Um, she was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Little Mermaid, Wreck-It Ralph, and Frozen. And Jason Hervey, who played the older brother in The Wonder Years, was young Thornton Mellon, um, or Thornton, Thornton, Thornton Maloney, as his name was in the beginning of the movie. He was in Back to the Future, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and as I said, The Wonder Years. Right. Critics gave this one an 84%, the audience a 68%. So it's one of those rare times where the critics actually gave this a higher score than the audience does. Um, Siskel and Ebert... You ready for it? Am I just going to be disappointed? I will find out. Siskel and right. Ebert loved this movie. Okay. Good for them. Ebert, I'm not, but okay. Exactly. Um, they both gave it a thumbs up when they reviewed it on At The Movies. Um, Ebert, in his written review for The Sun-Times, gave it three stars. Um, they both agreed that the screenplay for the movie was strong, and I think Siskel ended the review by saying, good acting, good writing. Uh, cinema score, so interestingly enough, when the audience on Rotten Tomatoes gives this a 68%, cinema score, so people leaving the theater, they're asked how they, what they would score this movie, the movie gets an A-. So maybe it just, maybe people that have watched it years later, it doesn't hold up as well? I don't know, I thought it was funny, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you do an A- on the cinema score, but get a 68% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no explanation. Um, the, this, uh, for awards for this one, it was nominated for the American Comedy Award, Funniest Actor in a Motion Picture in a Leading Role, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, did not win it, but it did win the BMI Film Music Award, and it was Danny Elfman who won that one. Cool. So this movie, in order to keep his son from dropping out of school, self-made businessman Thornton Mellon goes back to school to prove his son, to prove to his son and himself that without education, a man has nothing. Oh, and Thornton used to be a professional diver, so that kind of comes in handy a little bit later. Uh, Thornton spends more time partying than studying, and he is ultimately accused of plagiarism. He's given a three-hour oral exam to prove himself, and ultimately has to take to the diving platform one more time to save the Grand Lakes Hooters diving team.
Guess who's getting some class? I'm going to college. Rodney Dangerfield's going back to school. That's what I call marine biology. Hey, boys, here's a couple of pens in case you learn how to write. Okay. Way I always pictured it. Wait a minute, when did you dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. Here's a book on sex education. Let me see that. The world's oldest living freshman. Well, he left out the most important thing. Where to get it? Say it! Say it! Good teacher. <laughs> he really seems to care <laughs> about what I have no idea. Yeah, a little something for the kids. Okay, take that. It's okay, huh? I don't have any kids. No, because we're here. Get yourself some kids. We're here. Take it all, all right? What a woman. She is the teacher. I know, I like teachers. Do something wrong, they make you do it over again. What do you say you and I have dinner tonight? Actually, I'd like to join you, but I have class tonight. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? He's not just the big man on campus. Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone, okay? Yeah! Uh, you too, honey. Ooh, I like to tame your shrew. He's the wildest man on campus. Shake it up, baby! Say what? Rodney Dangerfield, back to school. Baby. Come on, baby. Come on, i work it Okay, I, I'm sorry. How do you listen, <clears throat> even just listening, if you're listening to the audio of that preview, how do you listen to that and not realize that this is a funny movie? Yeah, I know, man. That was good. That was that was really good. I mean, that, and, and we'll get in. I got some background stuff, and then we'll get into it, but... I haven't watched this movie in a long time. And this is one of those that I would have watched with my dad because my dad loved Rodney Dangerfield. And just, I mean, I found myself just, I, I wanted to watch it again. Like almost as soon as it was done, I wanted to put it back on and watch it again yeah. because it's just funny. It's yeah. just downright funny. I mean, it's, and it's not, it's crude and it's inappropriate, but in a lot of ways in a very hidden way. Yeah, and, like, I watched this as a kid, and I didn't get most of those jokes. You know, as a, as a small kid, I'm not getting the joke, oh, that's what you call marine biology. Right. I, I'm not getting those jokes, as a, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and now let me ask you a question. What was the rating? Uh, the rating was PG-13. Did we see a director's cut? Because there was... There were I some mean, Fs in there. The, yeah. Oh, and there but, was some nudity. Yeah, and there was some of that, which, I mean, again, maybe they were working out the PG-13 rating, you know? Don't but, worry, honey, I didn't see anything. But you're, let me just you're perfect. Say, you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, though, um, yeah. I, that was back in the day when PG-13 maybe meant a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, and you know what? That's fine. I mean, um, you, you know, that would be, and you could clip those scenes out, like if they put it on the on the TV and everything. And yeah, yeah, there, there was some of that, but. I don't want to say it was harmless, but it never got over the top. It never right. got to the point where it was just like, oh, man. You right. know, I mean, it really, there was some off-color humor, but that's kind of, it, it didn't get over the top. Right. And you know if you're going to see a Rodney Dangerfield movie, there's going to be that type of humor. Right. You know to expect it. You're not going to be surprised by it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So a little bit of background on this one. Uh, interestingly enough, one of the photos in the opening montage was of Rodney Dangerfield playing golf. Uh, and it came directly from a photo that was taken while he was on the set of Caddyshack. Um, originally, in one of the early drafts of the script, Thornton Mellon was going to be totally broke and going back to school. Uh, his character would get a job as a janitor to pay his way through college. 
Um, but they kind of decided that people would not really find that necessarily funny or interesting. So I, one thing I read said that Rodney Dangerfield had this idea. Another, I think Harold Ramis on one of the um, uh, behind-the-scenes like making of documentaries on the DVD um, said that he suggested it, so I don't know who. Hey, they're both dead, so they can argue it out in heaven now. Um, but suggested that they changed it, and, and Harold Ramis said, I thought, what if we just, why don't we make this the middle-aged man's dream? Like, if I knew what I know now, and if I had money and resources, um, what would it be like to go back to college? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, nope, we like that idea a whole lot better. Let's run with that. So they decided to make him wealthy so that he could throw his money around and, and that they right. would be able to have more fun with that. Uh, the room where Thornton makes his, uh, makes his last stand with his three-hour final oral exam is the same room where they did the dance audition in Flashdance. Okay. So, you know, I'm not saying I want to see Rodney Dangerfield reenact that scene, but that's okay. There it is. Everybody can be a maniac in their own way. Uh, most of the outdoor scenes were shot on location at the University of Wisconsin, but they did also film some stuff at the University of Southern California and California State University in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was some of the fraternities and sororities were at um, California State and maybe a couple at Southern California. Um, the person that shows up to write the English essay uh, is actually Kurt Vonnegut. You know, he walks in and says, I'm Kurt Vonnegut, I'm, I'm looking for Thornton Mellon. And then he ends up writing the essay um, that is turned into the teacher, and the teacher says, uh, you know, I, I failed you. Um, you know, not only... Not only do I believe you didn't write this, but whoever did write this doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. I, thought, I, I love that part. I thought it was great. And then he's in the phone call later on, and he's like, you know, next time I'm just going to call Robert Ludlum, and he's a, a famous spy novel author. And I, find that, I found that statement funny on a couple different levels, but we can get into that later. Yeah. But it, yeah. Uh, the band Oingo Boingo appears at the dorm party uh, with the lead Danny Elfman, who also composed the score for the movie. Um, I mentioned this earlier. Ironically, uh, the character of Valerie, played by Terry Farrell, was not very good at astronomy, and she'd later play Jadzia Dax on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, in which one of her degrees was astrophysics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking up a little bit of stuff on Rodney Dangerfield and, and around the time that he died in 2004, and they had a picture of his headstone, and I, I love what's engraved on his headstone. It has his name, Rodney Dangerfield, which... It's obviously not his, his born his given name when he was born, but his headstone says Rodney Dangerfield, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah. So that I mean to me that's a guy that he he didn't turn it off. Like it even on his gravestone, he wanted to have the same yeah. type of one liner that he would have used in in real life. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's maybe just a the rare perfect storm of of I, I'm assuming based on kind of what you said, but it was the rare perfect perfect storm of just he is just a funny funny man and just can spread who he is and when he goes into a movie he that that's what they want he was that guy in caddyshack he was that guy in uh this he you know he was that guy and on the making of the director said that nearly everything you see on camera like the parties and the people having fun they were actually having fun and like it it was a big party and and that that's just kind of the way they you know, he was, you know, Rodney Dangerfield was very serious about this, and he would, you know, sometimes he would take notes on his character, and, you know, he'd, he'd be very serious about how he wanted to approach a scene, but then when it came time to do these party scenes and to do this, it's like they really genuinely were having fun on this movie. And I feel like you can tell when you watch the movie, mm-hmm. it's like those times where, 
Sharon and I always like it when we're watching something like Saturday Night Live, and you can see some of the other actors start to, to kind of crack up off off camera a little bit. Right. And when they're about to, when you know that those guys are about to lose it, those are the times that we kind of enjoy the most. And there yeah. were many, many times where, particularly when Edie McClurg was there taking the notes uh, in the in the lecture hall. And he yeah. comes up there. He's like, "Who are you? A student? Who are you?" So, "No, I'm, I'm Mr. Uh, I'm Mr. Mellon's personal assistant." And, and you can just see, um, you know, his son he's Jason dead. sitting, there, and he's trying not to crack up. And he even says yeah. in the making of, he's like, "I had a really hard time not laughing during that scene just because of her voice and how sweet she is and how funny the scene is." And yeah. so I think they genuinely yeah. were having a good time when they made this movie. That's cool. Which, as a person watching a movie, you always like you don't want that to be fake, and and I think that yeah. kind of comes across. Oh, definitely. And I, I think the, the Siskel and Ebert summed it up best. It was excellent acting and excellent writing. And every character they had from the bit parts to the leads, they were funny. Yeah. I mean, they were funny, entertaining characters. We're going to kind of do, to remind ourselves, but uh, also if you've, if you've seen the movie and to kind of help recap it for you, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to run down the basics of the plot here. I've, I've kind of condensed it to maybe like one paragraph. <clears throat> so I'm going to run through the plot of the movie real quick. And, and again, if you haven't seen this, you probably shouldn't be listening to this episode anyway because we're going right. to spoil a whole bunch of stuff. But here we go. Um, so at the beginning of the movie, and I, I love that opening part uh, where he's doing the commercial. Oh, yeah. For his, uh, what was it, the, the tall and fat stores? Or the, yep, yep. Um, I want to see if I can find it real quick. Um, the back to school tall and fat ad. Hi there. Are you a large person? Pleasantly plump? A little on a hefty side, perhaps? Well, let's face it. Are you fat? When you go jogging, do you leave potholes? When you make love, do you have to give directions? At the zoo, do elephants throw you peanuts? Do you look at a menu and say, okay? Well, now you can eat all you want. Because at Thornton Mellon's Tall and Fat Stores, we've got you covered. That's right. Fine woolen. And woolen blend suits and sport coats in all the larger sizes. Husky. Stout. Extra stout. And the new Hindenburg line. And for you ladies, we have caftans, boo-boos, and our own exclusive A-frame in all colors and patterns. Yes, we have miles and miles of fabric. So take it from me, Thornton Mellon. If you want to look thin, you hang out with fat people. Thornton Mellon's Tall and Fat, 150 locations across America. Lou, did you see the new spot? Yeah, I seen it. Do I look fat in it? You could lose a couple of pounds. I gotta get bigger actors. That. <laughs> My my favorite line, I think my favorite line from that is, do you look at a menu and say, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I like the Hindenburg line. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when he was doing that, too, he, the, his facial features, I mean, he really, he delivers it. And then when he does that thing with his eyes, mm -hmm. that is funny. I Because I do the, I've been trying to, because I want to practice a little bit more with, you know, with my drawing. I used to draw a whole lot in, you know, middle school and high school, and I haven't done a whole lot. So I've been doing, like, our album art when we mm -hmm. do the the pictures for each of our episodes that we put out. And, yeah, I've been enjoying those, man. And it was, it was, it was almost a challenge to try to draw Rodney Dangerfield. Because mm -hmm. I was like, how do you draw his eyes, and how do you get that across without making him look like a bug-eyed cartoon character? But he was, he is almost a bug-eyed cartoon character. Yeah. And that really, that'll sell, he, and he uses it in a way that really helps sell the lines, yeah. you know? Um, all right. So we start off with, he's got the, the fat and tall ad, um, and we see him uh, on his way home, and we hear some comments between him and the driver that let us know that he maybe doesn't have the best marriage in the world. 
Um, and so we see later on in the evening, they're at a party. Uh, Thornton is at the party with his wife, and he doesn't really like any of her friends, and, and they all tend to be her friends. And So he's not excited about being at this party at all and, and doesn't like anyone there. Uh, finds her cheating on him. Um, and then uh, when she says that she wants a divorce because of the way he's been acting, he immediately produces the papers, which I also thought was funny. He was just carrying those around on him. Yep. And uh, when she tries to blackmail him in turn, then he pulls out a whole bunch of photographs, and he's like, okay, well, I found you. You know, here's you and Giorgio you know, here, and here's you and Giorgio here, and I don't even know who the midget is, but, uh, you know. So he, he gets the divorce that he wants without any problems. Um, yeah. But then he's kind of bummed out, so he wants to go see. He he genuinely loves his son, so he wants to go see him at college. And he decides, you know, I'm I'm kind of depressed right now, so let's let's go see my son. Let's go surprise him. And he gets there, and he finds out that his son Jason wants to drop out. That he is not on the diving team. He's the the towel boy, and he wants to drop out because he's just not doing well. He's not making friends. Uh, so Thornton decides to show his son how important school is by going to school with him. Uh, in order to get in, he donates money for a new business school. Um, which makes the president of the university very, very happy, but makes the econ professor not so happy. Um, and so when, when he uh, kind of antagonizes that econ professor, then he falls in love with the English professor, which antagonizes the econ professor even further, because that's his girlfriend that he would like to see dressed up as Wonder Woman. Um, and he doesn't quite know what to do with his American history professor, who was a little crazy. Um, awesome scene. Then the, the, That was a great scene. I had, and that was... That scene is even funnier to me because he didn't shout like that. But I had a professor um, at University of Illinois. I got a story like this too. Do you really? I had a professor at University of Illinois, and he wasn't like he didn't shout like that. But this is a guy who he taught the uh, history of war classes. So it's Mm -hmm. like history of war from antiquity to gosh, what was it like 1666 or whenever the. And now I'm going to blank out on when the Spanish Armada was, was it like 1680s, 1690s. Um, but it was supposed to be like the history of war from the beginning of time up until the Spanish Armada. And then his other semester class was from the 1700s until modern times. Okay. And so this entire class was history of war. So you had, um, you know, you had most of the students that if they didn't, if they didn't want to be in a history class, but they needed to take a history class, they would take this class because okay. it was about war and it was fun. And then you would have a whole bunch of the really old students. Like, you'd have these guys that would show up to class dressed in, like, camo outfits. Okay. And, and you could tell that some of these guys probably were in Vietnam or, or okay. they had seen some action somewhere. And, and they were, like, front row in this class. They were always in this class, front row. They would talk to him for, like, 20 minutes afterwards. And, um, but he was a funny guy because sometimes he would, you know, he would come to class and and he would say things like, you know, I'm, I know that uh, everybody needs to take notes, but um, I had a late night, and uh, I'm going to keep the lights down in here today, if that's all right with all of you. And then he would say things like, well, you know, I know I've posted on the syllabus when my office hours are, um, but, uh, and, and I've got my office phone number on there, but you know what? It, it's March Madness, and um, there's games on I want to watch, so I'm not going to answer my phone this afternoon. Um, so uh, if you got a problem, it can wait. <laughs> but I mean, I, he was he was a funny guy. He would, uh, you know, when we would do like the commencement stuff, he would um, uh, he would be like the one dressed in the kilt and playing the bagpipe as people okay. walked in, and really cool guy. I mean, kind of a kind of a crazy professor, but one of those not as crazy as Sam Kennison, but mm-hmm. um, you know, he he had his moments here and there. 
cool. what was your uh, what was your crazy professor? Spanish professor in college oh, and uh, Espanol and uh, bueno. See. And he believed in uh, we would um, you know have lessons on um, grammar and and all that kind of thing. And then there would be you know a couple lessons would be on history and culture. And he would talk. He, he's Cuban. And he would talk about, you know, the history and culture and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden he got talking about uh, Cuban history and he got talking about Fidel. Hmm. And then he got talking about uh, the Bay of Pigs. And then the next thing we know is that he's like he's in this rage and spit is like flying out his mouth. And he's just like the Bay of Pigs. And I can't do it with the Spanish accent. But he was like, and that's when President Kennedy left my brothers and me on the beach. And he starts going off. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. And he was like in a like a towering rage. (laughs) I mean, he didn't get in someone's face. And I mean, like that guy. But it it was like, say it. Say it. Yeah, that was I mean, like I said, man, he starts. uh, He's uh, he's sitting there. He's yelling. And um it was like, okay, and no one was going to put their hand up and say, well, it was important that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, he got pretty he got pretty fired up about the Bay of Pigs. So so Dennis has just joined us. Dennis, do you have any professors in college that were like Sam Kennison? Uh, you know, no, I didn't. I had a German math teacher that was kind of interesting, but, um, uh, yeah. you know, and he had a numerical coefficient, and he would talk like that, but I didn't really have anybody that was like Sam Kennison, no. Okay. That would have been, I would have, I would have fell asleep less. <laughs> I've been scared to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure I missed uh, enough of what you guys are talking about. Are you guys the only two, or what? You're right now, yeah. Okay, nobody else. All right. Um, yeah, I'm on my phone. Hopefully, it won't die. I'm trying to see if I have a cable in here. But anyway, um, no, I had to drop the kids off and dry them, so everything got screwed up. Um, anyway, uh, the, the 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 Sam was this Sam Kinison's breakout role. I think so. I mean, this is, I, I want to say it's his only major movie role. Yeah. I mean, he was in, okay. he was in a TV show and he was in, uh, what was the other movie called? It was called Savage Dawn. Yeah. But other than that, he really didn't do a whole lot movie-wise. that was the one that made him, like, even popular, as more popular as a, com- as a comedian. Yeah. Because then he had the big, you know, the big stand-ups and stuff. But I could have sworn that I, I did not see him before this movie, which made him more effective in it. Because you right. didn't, you know... Like if you know Bobcat Goldthwait before Bobcat Goldthwait's in a movie, you know it's 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 different because you already know that's Bobcat Goldthwait. But I remember being the first time I saw this, my dad was a pretty big fan of Rodney and uh, and and those movies. Um, but when he came out, I remember like being definitely remembering Sam Kinison. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what is your so I, actually I will finish up real quick. We were talking about the the different professors and. And uh, the kind of other storyline running through this movie is that his son Jason likes Valerie, um, who Pat will always refer to as Jadzia. Um, right, right. But uh, he, he likes Valerie, uh, who happens to be dating Chaz, which, as I said earlier, is the perfect uh, 80s campus movie villain name. Um, every bad 80s villain should be named Chaz. Uh, and he is also the captain of the diving team. Uh, Thornton clearly is partying too much and, and uh, is not focusing on his studies, tries to woo Professor Turner, um, although he's obviously more interested in watching movies than reading books, uh, and apparently most of those movie actors were also customers of his at the Tall and Fat store. Um, yeah. He also plagiarizes much of his work, which I love the, the scene where he brings in all of his people, and he's like, hey, everybody, anybody over, uh, anybody gets a grade over a B, 
uh, gets a bonus. Anybody with an A plus, you get a trip to Hawaii uh, off season. Yeah. Um, he, he, so he plagiarizes as much of his work, leading to the need for him to do the three-hour or oral exam scene, and then finally he has to uh, perform the his classic triple Lindy to save the diving team when Chaz uh, fakes an injury and, and comes down off the diving board. Yeah. So I won't even get to. We'll, we'll save like favorite scenes and favorite quotes until the end because we might just be quoting the entire movie. Um, but what is your, and, and Pat and I have started to get into this a, a little bit, but what's your take on Rodney Dangerfield? Like, do you like him as a comedian? Um, you know, is, is that the style of comedian that, you know, if you were going to buy a comedian's album or if you were going to go watch a comedian live, would his style be one that you would tend to go watch? Or is it just, yeah, he's a funny guy and I, I, I like it when I see him in a movie, but I wouldn't seek him out. I think overall, I mean, like if it was now and I knew now, I think I'd like to see him once live just to say that I saw Rodney Dangerfield because he's a classic. Yeah. Um, as far as like seeking out to go to the the comedy club to see him, I don't know if I would have as much. Um, like I didn't have the urge even back then, I think, to do that. But then as he got older, I was like, oh, you know, you got to see Rodney Dangerfield once in person. I love them in movies. I love them in Caddyshack. I love them in Easy Money. I love them in this movie. Like I did like them in movies. Um, as far as the main lead actor, I think it gets formula the way, you know, cause there's only so much you could do with that. Um, like easy money is very, which is my favorite, probably Rodney Dangerfield movie. Really? Um, okay. yeah, I love easy money. I think cause that, cause we, I, that one. I put up a, I put up a poll on, I put up a poll on Twitter. We're bros. We're bros. We're a couple bros. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, I put up a poll like on Twitter that asked the question, what is your favorite? I asked people on Twitter, what's your favorite Rodney Dangerfield movie? And of the movies that got uh, votes, I'll read them to you. It was, um, uh, people said, 57% said Caddyshack, 38% said Back to School, and 0% said Easy Money. Wow. So Easy Money 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 got no votes. I quote a lot of Easy Money more than I do Back to School. Do you really? Like, just a bro- when I'm in a store and, yeah, people ask me, like, can I help you? I'm just like, no, I'm just a browser. I'm browsing. <laughs> like, I lo- like, the way they did that, they were just, and then the regular guy look. Like, that's my look at school. Yeah. The regular guy look. You know, it's just, I, I love that movie overall compared to Back to, back to School. Like, okay. Back to School is good, so I like the movie. Yeah. Just in case I get cut off and my battery dies here. Um, no, I liked it, but I like them. And Caddyshack as well. I think he's excellent in Caddyshack in the supporting role. As far as the lead between the two lead movies where he was the main star, I like Easy Money over uh, over over Back to School. But I like both. Okay. You know, I thought he was a funny guy. I think that his performance also in um, in um, Natural Born Killers was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, like the dramatic side, that was kind of that tortured comedian type of thing that he had. You know, where you see that where it's like people have that dark side to him and. And him in that movie uh, was pretty, pretty, you know, definitely gripping, and in my opinion, pretty powerful as an actor in that in that respect. Like he was able to pull that out. But like overall, I mean, I I like Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, I I don't think he can't pull for him because he seemed like you know I get no respect that guy. You know, and it was kind of built on some true, and he had a hard life, and I knew a lot about that backstory. So, um, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a fan. I uh, I like, but then not so much that I would be going to all the the stand-ups. Although I would have loved to see him once in person. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Dennis. I would like to see a stand-up because everything I've seen, it seems that it that his thing works more in movies. You know, where he can um, play off of somebody or he can you know respond, and and that's really where it comes out now. I don't want to get into the can he be the leading guy or not the leading guy or whatnot, 
But as far as his comedy, that's kind of what I've seen. So I, I, you know, maybe when we're done here, I'm going to go on YouTube and try and find like a Rodney Dangerfield bit just to see what it's what his stand up is like. You know, there's some good stuff on YouTube. I've I've been wanting yeah. to go now that I've after having watched this and and like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but I love it. And now it makes me want to go back and either find some of his albums or or find some of his stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. and I I remember hearing some of the older albums too, and we used to like, and I like, I mean, they were good. You know, like. Like I said, it wasn't like I mean I wouldn't turn him off if he was on. Yeah. Um. You know, but I, 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 it's weird though. I didn't like you know I wasn't like oh my god I got to get every album he had. But yeah, I would I probably again after watching these now I'd like to hear some of the stuff. Yeah. You know. Oh, are you there with Slash? Um, my kid's phone's going off. Sorry. <laughs> and it's stuck somewhere I can't get it. So That's all right. You just have to start singing. Ah, uh, yeah, it's just going to ring for a little bit. Let me straight silence it. Hold on. It's not Dennis, I just, Dennis, I yeah. just want to ask. The car's not moving now, is it? Uh, we're on the expressway going about 90. That's it. <laughs> hey, drive fast and take risks. You know flashing lights behind me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I just see you reaching over into the passenger seat. Don't worry. I already lost them once. I could do it again. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> So in terms of in terms of other campus movies, other movies like let's let's go like seventies um, and eighties and and you know there's even some today. But uh, where does this movie compare with other campus movies for you? So like high school and college type movies, I'll, I'll give you a list that I kind of pulled up: uh, Animal House, Back to School, Teen Wolf, Revenge of the Nerds, Soul Man, Night of the Creeps, and then you've got some newer ones like Old School, The Freshman, The Water Boy, Road Trip, Van Wilder, Goodwill Hunting. Um, where does this movie in that kind of genre of the, the big man on campus or the college campus type movie, where does that, where does this one rank for you in terms of those other movies? That's weird that you had Goodwill Hunting in there. Yeah. That's college like, I don't movie. even put that with those movies. Sure, I know why not? It's a college sort of movie, but it's not the same vein as the other ones. The other ones are all more comedies, yeah. or Goodwill Hunting is more drama to me. Well, maybe you're um, a more serious guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, other than the great line about, you know, hey, like apples. I like them apples. Um, I don't know if I see Goodwill as Goodwill Hunting is more of a comedy, but uh, I think it's like better than your Van Wilder. I think it's somewhere in between your Animal House, which has to be probably the most classic of yeah. you know, all the college ones. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds, it's, it's a close right around there because the original uh, Revenge of the Nerds, I wouldn't say the sequel so much, but the Revenge of the Nerds, the first one, um, somewhere in there. And then you forgot one, too. There's one where there's a guy who's a caveman. What the heck was the name of that movie? Is that Encino Man? No, it's not Encino Man. There's another guy. Uh, oh, man. I'll have to show it to you. It's actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, I, Bud? But what was his name? The caveman's nickname was Bud or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. It, big Man on Campus? Not, not, not necessarily obscure, but it was... Uh, was yeah, a Big Man know. on Campus? I'll look that one up. What? Big Man on Campus? Is that was that which one is that? It's got uh, ring. No, no, no. Hold on. It's um, let me pull it up here. Um, is it a caveman? Kind of. It's it's like a uh, it's like a remake of Hunchback of Notre Dame. That might be the one. That maybe it is Big Man on Campus. I'll have to look that up and see. Okay. It says. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like that one. This this one's it's right. from eighty nine. Right in the middle. I okay. think it's right in the middle. Yeah, this one's from eighty nine. It says in this version of Hunchback of Notre Dame, a hunchback is found living in the bell tower of UCLA. He's put on trial and made to go through tests. One of the research doctors falls for him, and he falls for her in the end. What's his name? Um, 
Yeah, Bob. Yeah, that's Bob okay. Malagula, yeah. Maluga, like Luga, Luga, Luga. That was a good. Con- I think that's good too. Yeah. Okay. I, I used um, to watch that one a few times. Yeah, I think this one is definitely. I think this one's definitely top three, and the top three being, I think, Animal House, this, and uh, for me, Old School. I think okay. those three movies are 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 t- just timeless, excellent college movies. Um, kind of a tour tour de force of the of the comedic talent of the time and you know there is you could you could kind of generalize and say oh they're all you know crude humor and in college pranks and whatnot but it's it's interesting because you know each movie really kind of has its own version of comedy and really plays to the strengths of the uh of the actors in it so i'd say those would be the top three and this one would definitely be right up there well Uh, not not giving any love to soul man at all yeah, I don't know. Soul Man was like a one-time movie. I don't, I don't watch Soul Man over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Like if this movie's on, if if any of the ones you're naming, old school, um, if you're naming uh, Big Man on Campus, uh, any of the ones that you just named, if they're on TV, I judge it by would I sit and watch it? Would I kind of pick up wherever it is? I pick up and watch another half hour or 20 minutes of it. And on all those, I probably would say yes. And Soul Man, it's probably not. A, yeah, probably not. I know I'm kidding. I, I I wasn't trying to color your opinion at all, but no, no, I'm just saying I probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're welcome. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, I get no respect, no respect. Hey, hey, hey. And, road, and road trip. That's that's I what I call trip. marine biology. Yeah. I'd say road trip is uh, honorable mention. Road trip's I mean, a good one. That's a, that's hilarious. I don't know if it's gonna be like timeless. You right. know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a big fan of a water boy. I like that one. Okay. I, I don't know. Let's see. Um, I would. I definitely put Animal House. Now, see, the interesting thing for me is now having rewatched Back to School, and mm-hmm. having having been a while, I think I put Animal House and Back to School pretty close to each other. Like, and, and I really like Animal House, but I think Back to School has more of a story. It's, there's more of a through line there, whereas Animal House is just these guys are trying to get through school, and it's mm-hmm. more a series of skits. Um, right. You know, whereas Back to School has more of a story to it. it it's got that, that kind of father-son piece, and it's got the him trying to struggle through, you know, his shortcomings. And so in that regard, I think I like Back to School. In that way, I think I like Back to School a little bit better than Animal House. Um, just overall, as a movie and as funny as it is, I, I got to take Animal House because I don't think I can put anybody over John Belushi. Um, but just... You know, I, I, so those two are, are very close, very close, kind of first and second for me. And then beyond that, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Revenge of the Nerds after that. Yeah, yeah, I think I go Revenge of the Nerds after that. But I also do like the Water Boy. I think I, I would throw the Water Boy in. Old School's a good one too, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Once we get to that point, I, you know, everything else kind of blends together. I think the reason goes with uh, with um, the the. Uh, the one that you just said, uh, Animal House, it's yeah. because I think it's got that also the air of classic in the original. Right. So it gets kind of points for that. But if you really throw out the classic or original, yeah, I could see how you could definitely put Back to School over that one. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I like Animal House, but it, it's got that air of classic to it that that's why you kind of give it some, you know, it's like Babe Ruth. You know, it's like the original. So you kind of go back to that and say, oh, well, I can't say the other one's better than that. But 
but realistically, heads up to heads up, I think it, you know, they, I would probably go maybe with one of the other ones. Okay. Like yeah. Animal House, I like. It is a classic. It's got some very funny bits. And like you said, there isn't as much of a story. That's one you could pick up and watch 10 minutes of, and then another 10 minutes somewhere else. You don't need to see the whole story because it's those, you know, kind of uh, bits and pieces of all these different characters and stuff going on. But yeah. 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 All right. So before we get to the favorite scenes and favorite quotes, because there will probably be a few, um, if you could go back to school with the knowledge that you have now and maybe a little bit more money than you have now, um, would you do it or is that a time better left in the past? Time better left in the past. Okay. <laughs> it would depend on what I'm going for, actually. Like if I was going for something I really want to go back and do, um, but just to do it, no. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take the practical answer to this. I'd say no, just because I've got family and all that kind of thing. Um, that being said, if you didn't, if I didn't, I mean, <laughs> you know, college was a pretty good time. Um, I, you know, this thing is live. So I'll just sum it up as saying, I don't want to be like a, you know, Debbie Downer here, but I, I almost didn't make it out of high school. Okay. Enough said about that. And the people that I met in college and, and that really, um, that was, that was a pretty awesome experience. And, uh, um, you know, I suppose I could, you know, say I almost didn't make it out of college either, but no, that was never the case. But, um, yeah, that was, that that's was more very, my story. Yeah, that was a, it was a very neat time. So, I mean, it would be, it would be cool to do it again. Um, and you say knowing what you know now, but it's um yeah i i think i think the practical and honest answer is no i like being an adult i mm. like having money i like going out and uh and all that but the flip side and i know this isn't the reason that you're asking it the flip side is and i think you know we're all teachers so we're all tasked with that continual learning thing i mean if i could go back and get degrees in you know all these different things. If I could go back and, and anyways, I'm rambling, but so the, I, I, I take that question on a practical side and say, n n yeah, you know, it's that idea of going back and just continual education and that it was a really great time in life. But I mean, you know, got family now and all that. It's uh, I wouldn't want to give that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the flip side, if I went back with baseball, I mean, yeah, I definitely would love to go back and, um, Give that another shot you know i wouldn't be playing basketball uh, where i did a ten dollar game with my brother and he basically blew my career and my my ankle out on, on a severely screwed up ankle um uh, yeah i mean you go back if you could I, i'd like to go back in that sense and then okay if I, everything i know about pitching now and everything i knew about all that i learned through college in my class if i could have all that and go back and get to play baseball again yeah i would do that um, yeah. But again, yeah, you, you get the whole balance of family and stuff too. So, yeah, my phone is probably going to die here in about 10 seconds. So I might be able to power up. And if I can, I will rejoin you. Okay. All right. Um, right. But it's about to go now. So sorry. No, All that's right. fine. At least I got a little in. So I'll try to. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll hopefully, hopefully I'll see you in a little bit if you're still on. If not, uh, you guys have a great night. All right. All right, man. See ya. All righty. Okay. All right. Bye. So I, my answer to that question yeah, is, let's... Um, hmm. I think I would mm -hmm. like, you know, practically, like you're saying, practically, you know, obviously you got family, so you're not going to abandon your family to go back to college. But right. um, 
you know, I, college was fun. I enjoyed college. I think if I could take my, um, my work ethic from the last year and a half to two years of college mm-hmm. and apply that to all of my years of college, mm-hmm. then I think it would, it would all turn out better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I did really well in high school. I worked really hard in high school and, and um, you know, did well and, and so went off to college with the thought that, hey, I've worked hard and I've, I've done well, so, uh, you know, I deserve a bit of a break. And mm-hmm. so my, you know, my first year of college was, was not exactly, um, you know, academically the best year someone could have. Right. Um, you know, I hid that letter from the college that, that came uh, that told uh, both myself and my parents that I, basically if I didn't get my act together, I was going to be asked to leave. Right. Um, you know, I, I'd never seen a grade point average that low. Um, <laughs> for somebody who was used to getting like all A's in school, yeah, it, it came as a shock. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think I had a, a very similar issue to uh, Thornton's, uh, Thornton's issue in the movie. So right. uh, I, I relate to him in many ways. Um, but you know, if I could take that, that work ethic that I have now and that I had at the last couple years of school where it was almost like, you know, panic set in, it was like, look, if you don't sit down and get your work done, then you're in trouble here. Um, if I could take that and, and apply that back to myself at the beginning of college and say, Hey, look, you can still have fun. You can still spend time with your friends. You just need to sit down and get some of this work done too. If I could do that. Yeah. I think it'd be a blast. Um, right. you know, I, part of what I liked about college, I worked at the, the campus newspaper. So, you know, even as a, even as a kid, as a freshman there, I was going off and interviewing people and, and, you know, getting to meet all kinds of people and, and being in the middle of like campus protests and all kinds of crazy stuff. I interviewed, um, one of the first people I got to interview was Sir Mix-a-Lot. Okay. That cool. was awesome. Um, I interviewed, uh, I interviewed, actually interviewed Jay Leno's wife. She was there to talk about um, the Taliban, and at that oh. point, at that point, nobody knew who the Taliban was. And I want to say that I interviewed her like in—I have the newspaper somewhere. I want to say it was like the end of August or like the the beginning of September um, in two thousand one. Yeah, and so it was like a week or two later was when nine eleven happened, and then all of a sudden, everybody knows who the Taliban is. Right. Um, you know, so I got to meet, and I got to meet some astronauts who had just come back from, you know, space shuttle missions and um, a, a billiards pro and, and all these people, you know, uh, interviewed Jesse Jackson at one point and, oh, wow. um, you know, so I got to do all kinds of fun stuff. And, and now if I look back at that and I'm like, if I had been a little bit more on task with my schoolwork so I didn't have to panic and worry about that later on mm-hmm. and have that consume all of my time to, to get my button gear and actually do what I'm supposed to do there if I could fix those first like year and a half, two years, then yeah. I think college would have been more fun than it was. Right. And it was still fun. I, I still enjoyed it, but I think those last couple of years were a little bit more nose to the grindstone kind of thing because I had screwed up so much. Right. You know, not going to class and staying in my dorm and playing video games instead of studying and doing that kind of stuff. And Right. Well, we always, I mean, don't we always tend to look back and say, well, man, if I knew... If I knew now what I, if I knew then what I knew now, you know, right. you'd do something differently. You know, I mean, you know, and if, that. and if I had the money to throw around like he does, or, like, I get these guys, get these guys some new books and I'll take, uh, take a couple of pennants. I'll take some of those sweatshirts and, uh, yeah, right. you know, it's Shakespeare for everybody. Well, and I think that's what the charm of the movie was, is it was kind of the 
fish out of water, almost sort of mm-hmm. like what we talked about with um, with um, uh, Crocodile Hunter. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee. You know, it was the, kind of the fish out of water, and it was like the, hey, you know, let, let's take the rich guy that, mm-hmm. hey, can, you know, or, you know, take care of things and doesn't he's not afraid of professors he's not afraid of you know um you know not afraid to kick the dorm room walls out and really let's do this thing in style you know and so i think that was some of the inherent charm to the movie is is you know was that he was able to do those things yeah is that would that really happen in college well you know that's that it's kind of a fantasy look at it but um and I, I think it was it was neat. They didn't explore too in depth, but you know they they kind of did that whole you know he squared off against the economics pr- pr- professor kind of mm-hmm. the uh, practical application versus knowledge, you yeah. know. And um, you know they, they they definitely played him out as you know hey you know you could say whatever you want, but that's not realistic. This is the real world, and and in all honesty, there's you know you kind of, you need both. And there's many times that, well, yeah, the professors are professors for a reason. And many of them, at least the ones I had, had that real world experience that they could say, well, I've been there, done that. Here's the theory. Here's what, you know what I'm saying? They, they simplified it for comedic effect, but you know, they, they brought that out too. the, the idea of real world, not experience versus, you know, what you learn in a college. Yeah. So all right, so let's jump into so we can we try to narrow it down a little bit here. Oh, Do boy. you have a favorite scene, and what are some of your favorite quotes from this movie? Man, I don't know. I, jeez, in each scene, you know, I'm reading through the thing now, trying to pare it down. The I think the the history professor, you know, yeah. that guy was good. You know, <laughs> say it, say it, say it. Ah, ah! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that one when he gets to the when he gets to the bar, bring us a pitcher of beer every yeah. seven minutes until someone passes out, and then bring one every ten minutes. We'll bring one every ten minutes. You know, and it's it's just that like he just has a way a line a way in. You know, a line. Hey, here's a pen in case one of you learns how to write. Yeah. Um. So it's have a really, pen. You guys have a pen. Here, yeah. you guys have a pen in case you learn to write. Oh man! Um, I, one of the ones I thought was the funniest was, um, it's at the party at the beginning, and all of his wife's friends are there, and yeah. he's just caught her cheating on him. Yes, and, yes. I and then you see saying. the uh, you see the one guy standing there by the painting, and he goes, "Oh, Mister Mellon, your wife was just showing us her Klimt. You too, huh? She's showing it to everybody. Yeah, well, she's I very proud of it. Well, I'm proud of mine too. I don't go waving around at parties though. Yeah, that's yeah. an exceptional painting. Oh, the, oh, the painting. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that played um, the guy that played Lou, you know, Paulie. Mm-hmm, yeah, that guy was great. Oh and yeah. I mean, yeah, and and the the Lou character was great. And the best part when he was at the bar and he's like, "Are you gonna?" You know, he kind of steps in. Are you gonna do something? Me? Heck no! I'm a lover, not a mm-hmm. fighter. Him? And I forget what what did he say? You know, um, when I get mad, I don't get physical. Yeah. When I get mad, he gets physical. He gets physical. And the best part was Luce. You know, he just comes up and it's just so matter of fact. He just says, uh, you got a problem? The guy says, no, no, I haven't got a problem. Well, now you do. <laughs> I like that scene. It was just, yeah. I almost like him better in this movie than I do in the Rocky movies. I know. I know. Because in the Rocky movies, especially as you get a little bit further on, and, and I, I like Rocky Four, 
Um, mm-hmm. But especially as you get further on after the first after the first movie, and I, I didn't like him all that much in the first movie, um, just because of the way he treated Adrian. But as you get a little bit further on in the Rocky movies, he gets really obnoxious. Yeah. And in this movie, he's more that he doesn't talk a whole lot. You know, he's kind of he's the strong, silent guy, but he's he's got a lot of the heart because he's the one yeah. that tells Jason, you know, hey, look, your dad, you know, he's really trying to do what's best for you. And and, you know, why don't you why don't you show him a little respect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I almost liked him better in this movie than I do in, in most of the Rocky movies. Yeah. He just he starts to get a little too whiny in the Rocky movies, gets on my nerves a little bit and. Yeah, they got, you know, and in all fairness, they kind of, they don't really, they don't really develop the Pauly character in the Rocky no, movies. No, he, he kind, kind of, of, he kind of became more of a caricature of Yeah, he, they just himself. kind of keep him going. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in this, there was only one, and again, yeah, I really, I liked it. I, I, I like that. Um, girls, this is Lou. Lou, these are girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one was pretty good. I did like the the one where he's trying to ask out the teacher. So actually, okay. I'd, I'd like to join you, but I have class tonight. Uh, all right, how about tomorrow night? I have class then, too. I tell you what, then. Uh, why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, listening to, uh, listening to uh, um, Tony Stark, you know, going mm-hmm. around and talking about, like, just anti-everything yeah. and... Um, and, uh, Violent he, ground acquisition games such as football is, in fact, a crypto-fascist metaphor for nuclear war. Yeah. Hey, do you ever notice how nobody ever hassles divers and swimmers? You know, when the guy gets up, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, he was pretty good in that role. He was pretty good in that role. I like when they first go into the dorm room and Thornton and his son go out for the walk. And then uh, Lou is sitting there just like looking at, like leaning over the bed, just kind of looking at him. Like, are you going to mm-hmm. mess with, you know, it was yeah. uh that was pretty funny. Um, oh, when the uh, when the security guard takes him out of the sorority house. Yes. And he's like, oh, it's an honest mistake. You know, just, we'll just call it a bad day. It's but a great view. You're all right, officer. Here, a little something for the kids and hands him the money. He's like, well, I don't have any kids. No kids? Well, get yourself some kids. Take it all. And then what? And what, one of the guys, he says, hey, the only thing I know about kids, it's more fun making them. Yeah, he's the like, and just remember, the best thing about kids guys. is making them. Yeah. Yeah. That was well, and then there's the party, and then the cops show up, and the uh, economics professor is just like, "All right, here we go." And then the cops are, <laughs> yeah, and they bring the they they bring the beer out of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's it wasn't there. It is perfectly understandable, Mister Mellon. It was an honest mistake. Let's just call it a bad day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, this is this is a good one, <laughs> and there's really no way that I could. You know, and he's like, I've got a really bad cramp. I've been having really bad cramps right. all week. Probably menstrual. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> that one's good. And the best thing about these lines, it's like, yeah, when Rodney Dangerfield delivers them, there's no way that you can do it like he did. Yeah. But it's almost like it's like his gift is like twofold because one, you get the gift of watching him do it and laughing and all that. But these lines, I'm looking at them, you can use them. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And that's like, that's where he's just, his, his uh, skills are complete. You know, it's like, it's just like he's giving away. It's like the, the every man's comedian, you know, here, take these lines. Cause you can fit them in anywhere. You know, I mean, it's, it's very cool. So do you have a, of, of the whole movie, is there a scene in particular that is one that is your favorite? If you had to narrow it down to one scene. Um, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say, um, I'll say the history class. Cause that, that, okay. cause that cracks me up or, you know, when Lou talks to the kid, I, but I, I may, yeah, maybe the, maybe the history class. Well, I'll, I'll keep kind of scrolling through the list here as, as I'm trying to jog my memory. What's, what about you? What was your favorite scene? I, it's either going to be kind of the montage of him going to his classes for the first time and seeing the different and, and getting introduced to the different professors, or maybe when he's taking the oral exam at the end. Um, if I had to pick one of those, then I might pick the first day that he's in the class uh, with the econ professor. Okay. When the econ professor is like, "We're going to build a fictional, you know, company and and where the factory is going to go," and he, well, well, what are you building? I was like, well, it doesn't really make a difference. So it totally makes a difference. And he's trying to argue with him about, you know, real world stuff. And yeah, and he's like, well, uh, let's just say it's widgets. It's a widgets. What's a widget? And then he's running through the whole thing. And and I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, I had it here a second ago, right in front of me. And it was, um, oh yeah. He's like, oh really? Oh, you you left out a bunch of stuff. And he's like, oh, like what? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. Then there's the kickbacks to the carpenters. If you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the Teamsters would like to have a little chat with you. That'll cost you. Oh, don't forget a little something for the building inspectors. Then there's long-term costs such as waste disposal. And, and then he just keeps going through the whole thing. And I just I kind of love how he's, like, everything the econ professor tries to say is like, he's like, I've been out in the real world. I, I kind of know how things really run. And Yeah, and when he sits back, and this is what I like, is that, he doesn't he he plays kind of that silly guy and he's over the top but he doesn't play like adult you right. know i mean he he's he's with it and and when he looks back the look on his face is one of like oh sheesh whatever he's mm. like okay widgets yeah okay you know it, it, i can't i can't do it but go back and watch that scene and yeah. to our listening audience go back and watch that scene and when he sits back and the econ professor just kind of tries to shut him down and said it's my class we're going to do it my way and that was his reason he's just like all right whatever that's yeah. Yeah, it's whatever, you know. So it's uh, he's yeah. That was. I've used good. I've used this line before with the shape I'm in. You could donate my body to science fiction. Yeah, that <laughs> one's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to. Uh, I don't know what to say other than I'll quote. Um, I'll quote Indiana Jones and in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they were asking him about his competition. You know. Uh, the guy that got stabbed by, the, you know, like, was he good? He was good. He was very, I'm just going to throw that quote is just Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> is just really, really good at what he does. Yeah. All right. Well, you have any final thoughts on back to school? No, man, that was a, that was a great movie. That was a great movie. I did. Uh, you know, I, you know what the one, uh, the one thing I was going to say is when, it seemed to be that, uh, you know, he had Kurt Vonnegut write the essay, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's funny because, all right, and I, I analyze this way too deep. I think what they were going for was, you know, just a ha-ha of, well, he got Kurt Vonnegut, and the professor didn't even like what Kurt Vonnegut had to say about his own work. Right. And now they don't really go into what was the essay about. But I thought, you know, that line could possibly be pretty deep. Because, number one, okay, on the surface, it was just like, ha-ha, he tried to get the guy in there, and okay. But then on a slightly deeper level is sometimes you get that thing where, <clears throat> you know, maybe, and I, I don't know why they would be doing that with that professor because they seem to kind of want her to be like the, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the good guy, so to speak. But sometimes you get that where, you know, you'll, you'll, 
the only thing I can think of is this, you know, you get a critic and sometimes you try and you can kind of fool the critic and, you know, you, you put something out there that is widely considered, you know, an expert or a performance that is considered a high performance and a critic might take it down before they really realize what it is. Mm -hmm. The thing that comes to mind is I want to say maybe it was a Howard Stern episode or maybe it was uh, Howard talked about it. But they had like some like all star like platinum record rock band or whatever come in and perform, and the judges were and this one judge that was kind of known for being negative was like, "Oh, this guy's not going to go anywhere. This guy's terrible. This guy's a hack." Blah, 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 blah. And then they kind of said, "Okay, well, let's take a look at this. He's got like you know three Grammys, and he's you know and they just and it, sometimes it gets." I was wondering if they were going for a little bit of that. Like, okay, well, sometimes it's easy to sit back and just be a critic and overly analyze, and, but not kind of see the forest for the trees and realize, wow, this, you know, this, this was a, Kurt Vonnegut here was writing about Kurt Vonnegut, and you right. missed it because you're so into being critical. Do, right. do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of hard yeah, to describe. It's, it's kind of like, well, and, and being an English teacher, I think I can say this, and it's okay. Um, it's kind of like... Sometimes English teachers in particular can can over symbolize everything. Mm-hmm. Like you get kids, and I've had kids in class before do the do the same thing where we'll be talking about something that we've read, and I'll I'll say, well, you know, really what the author was going for was, you know, or I, I'd try to get them to to recognize it, and then, and then I'd be like, well, the author was was really kind of going for this. This is what this means, and I'd have several times where some of the kids would be like, oh, can a dog just be a dog? Mm-hmm. Like, does a dog have to? We'll we'll, we'll get into you know, you and you and Jeff talking about the car uh, last uh, one of the last times with uh, Ferris Bueller. Can a car yeah. just be a car, or is the car his dad, or you know that kind of thing? And and sometimes I would have students that would be like that. I'd be like, well, the dog in this is supposed to symbolize this, this, and this, and and kids would just sometimes they'd raise their hand and be like, maybe it's just a dog. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not everything has to be a symbol for something, or, or do we have to do this again? And like you know, you're right. You're right. Sometimes people over symbolize stuff, but I know for a fact from the author, I, he has said that this dog is supposed to represent this. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's kind of like that too. It's it's she's the sympathetic professor. She's the one that we're supposed to like the most. Um, but at the same time, they are poking fun at the the entire um, college experience by saying, right. you know, he goes into college thinking that he doesn't have an education, where at the same time he's like. He's going into this, and he kind of already knows the answers. Like he, you know, he could tell you about these stories. He's seen the movies. He hasn't read the book. Um, you know, he could tell you about American history, and and he'll agree with the, the uh, maybe not the volume, but he'll agree with the content of the American history professor's take on things. And he can school the econ professor when it comes. To, I mean, the econ professor is not the one that has the money to donate a building for the business school. Right. It's the guy that's coming into his class. So. You know, then your then your academic versus real world experience, and so I think they are in a in a way kind of poking fun at that college education and saying, yeah. eh, maybe not, maybe college education is not the end all be all of of everything. You know, maybe you don't have to be really successful in college to be a success in life. And interesting that we're discussing this now because that's kind of what's happening now. In that you know, you got this flux of in education where all the core core curricula and standardized testing and you know for a long time it was colleges and businesses just saying well students just aren't prepared in the manner that they need to be prepared so suddenly you know we're jumping headfirst in all this core curricula but then on the flip side 
you know, there's an awful lot of people saying, well, okay, I just shelled out all this money for a college degree, um, astronomical amounts of money, and I'm now going to be in debt probably, you know, for as long as I'm going to be in debt if I bought a house. Right. And uh, I'm not getting a job. There's right. no job offers. On it. <laughs> and it used to be that the, the college degree was the ticket to a better job. Yeah. That's kind of like, uh, so I hear a lot of questioning kind of going back to universities now that say, all right, you know, is that liberal arts? Well, you know, we're, we're studying everything because that's the history is handed down to us by the Renaissance and, the, you know, the, the Renaissance idea. Do we really need that anymore? Or right. are we already really kind of getting that in high school and college should be training for career? A trade and or a career. If you want or... to go study. Yeah. And so this, it would be interesting to see how a movie like this would play. Obviously, it's comedy, so they're not going to mm-hmm. get too in-depth. But I would just be interested to see because, I mean, you know, obviously I, I graduated college 15 years ago. So right. things have changed in the last decade and a half. So I, it, I, I just find that interesting. Yeah. So anyways, and I'm sorry I'm going long-winded, but the nope. statement, like I said, seemed to be the, the rabbit hole. So mm-hmm. I had my initial thought on that whole Kurt Vonnegut didn't know Kurt Vonnegut. Then there was my second thought of poking fun that, you know, is, uh, uh, is the professor just kind of out of touch of – and then the final thought is I had professors in college that talked about famous con- uh, composers that would come and then direct their own music with orchestras. And they would say, you know, many times some of these composers weren't necessarily the best interpreters of their own work. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you know, if you listen to the, you know, the whatever, the New York. <laughs> George Lucas. Day, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, what did you say? I said George <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> well, well, hey, you know what? <laughs> there you go. There's there's yeah. a per- there's. So enough said about that, but I really thought that that, that little scene was, well, it, it was a pretty deep moment of the movie. And I, yeah. I think it speaks to, I mean, there was supposedly quite a, a, a writing team that went into this mm-hmm. and they managed to write a, a great movie with a lot of deep, deeper kind of things that, you know, you could sit and discuss for hours and hours. They didn't trip over each other. I thought it really right. flowed nicely. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for back to school for us. And and you know, we anything that we've said here, we don't want it to deter you from going to college. College is a good time. So if you're a kid listening to this, um, you know, go to college, have fun. Um, unless college is not for you, and, and you'd rather go off and you know do something else or make a make a ton of money just off of the ideas that you have uh, sitting in your head. In which case, if you'd like to donate some of those back to the Thirty Something Movie Podcast for inspiring you, uh, feel free to do that. Um, I don't expect to see a lot of that, you know, coming through in the near future, but, but that's okay. Um, but college is great. So, you know, go to college, um, be a, uh, be a Thornton Mellon. I, um, you know, we'll, we'll take his, his speech from the end of the movie. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, look out for number one, but try not to step in number two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you're, when you're looking to go out in the real world, don't do it. Move back in with your parents. Right. Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this time around. Uh, we are, let me jump real fast and take a look at, I think we got next week we are doing uh, Wildcats. So next week we got the movie Wildcats. Um, and then coming up later in August, these are all of our school related movies. Uh, so we got Wildcats, we got One Crazy Summer and River's Edge. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I think we're going to do the Watchmen. Uh, episode sometime around the end of August, beginning of September. It is the start of school for us, so things may get a little busy here and there. Um, but we yeah. will uh, we'll do what we can do. We'll do what we can do. 
but where can you find us? Well, you can find us if you go to our website. It's 30podcast.com, and that will give you all the different ways that you can get a hold of us. We've got email. We've got Twitter. We've got um, a voicemail line if you want to call in and leave uh, comments for us. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Um, and every time I say 30 podcast, these are all three zero podcast. You don't have to spell out the word 30. Uh, we've also got an Instagram account. Uh, on occasion, we'll throw some things up on there, too. You can find us on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play Podcast, iTunes, and you can just listen to us directly at 30podcast.com. Um, so, Pat, I, I, I just want you to know, I, I respect you. Hey. I, I feel like I feel like we got to give give everybody a little respect. We got yeah. Hey, I don't get no respect. In, right? in honor of Rodney, everybody gets respect. We respect that. We respect every single one of you. Darn, that's right, man. That's go. right. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, have fun. Be be good. Be excellent to each other. Dude, these and, are the easiest movies. Like this movie, Back to the Future. I mean, all these movies. Like these are the easiest movies to do a podcast about because it's just like, hey, this is great. This yeah. is cool. This is great. And then yeah. So, thanks, Rodney. Thanks yeah. for making a great movie for thanks. us. That, that's thanks, awesome. Rodney. We respect you, Rodney. You, you got some respect. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, until next time, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. Au revoir. Mr. Mellon, your wife was just showing us her Klimt. You too, huh? She's shown it to everybody. Well, she's very proud of it. Uh, I'm proud of mine too. I don't go waving around at parties, though. It's an exceptional painting. Oh, the painting. Oh, yeah. Okay, drink up. Enjoy yourself.